Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. All right, guys, let's jump into it. Man, I tell you what, um, God is just beautiful when he does what he wants to do. Uh, I know I said this to y'all before, but I, had a, I have a friend that he pastors in Robertsdale, and he, he has a lady in his church, and he said, he said, Rife, whenever God begins to do stuff that we weren't really expecting or whatever that day, he, he says, she comes up to me, and he says, he says she, she'll look at him and say, Pastor, God, just do what he do. God, just do what he do. And I, I'm like, that is exactly a perfect description of God. God does what he wants to do. And he, he, what moves him is when we want it. Because he doesn't force himself on us. Amen? So uh, Genesis chapter 2, we're going to jump there in just a second. This is our declaration. We say it every week. Um, all right, you ready? Here we go. Here we go. All right, you ready? I will constantly... All right, I took y'all's cheat sheet away, didn't I? Y'all better get it. We already into month three of this year. Let's say it again. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything that I do flows from it, flows from my heart. Got to keep our heart in the right, in the right order and in alignment with God's holy word. So today, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, we're going to pop through a few verses there. And uh, in this series, we got this one, uh, uh, this message, and one more in this series. Um, Erica's going to wrap it up next week, and I know y'all love her preaching more than y'all do me. I like her preaching more than I do me, because I get to sit back and enjoy it. But she's going to be bringing the word next week, and, uh, and we're looking forward to that. So don't miss it if you can all be here. Uh, in this series, we talked about, is it the wise thing to do? That's the best question ever. The best question, not, not is it the right thing to do? Because a lot of times when we ask that question, we're trying to seek validation for things that really we know aren't right. You know, is this right? Is this, you know, how, how close can I get, you know, uh, to where it's not right? That's not, that's not the answer, uh, the question. The, the question is, is it the wise thing for me to do in whatever area of your life that you are thinking about making a decision? And listen, I don't know how many decisions we make a day. I'm sure somebody's come up with a statistic out there about that. I just don't know what it is. But I know it's a lot of decisions. I have to make a lot of decisions every day. And, you know, and the, the thing is that there are many times where I'll be in a situation that, where I could do this, but... What are the ramifications of my decision there? And based upon that, is it the wise thing to do? And so, you know, today I want to talk to you about some guardrails. Wise people use guardrails. We talked about wise people have wise friends. We talked about friendships, relationships, that kind of thing. But I'm telling you what, wise people use 
guardrails. And guardrails has a purpose. Guardrails direct us and guardrails protect us. Guardrails uh, show us the direction to go, but they also protect us. Now, there are a few people in here that you've been with me uh, several times down to Honduras to minister down there to uh, our, our missionaries. And there, there's uh, some places on that mountain... And, and, and y'all correct me, because I, I, Shay's like, you, you like to uh, preach evangelistically sometimes, you know, stretch it a little bit, you know, make it sound better than it was. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, all right? So I'm, and that's true. Like, y'all tell me if I got it off. But there is one part of that mountain. Remember that time that it was raining and uh, it was sliding yep. back down the mountain and everybody had to get off the bus in the rain? When we go around that little part, there is a cliff that if you go off that cliff, it's at least, at least, what would you say? Yeah. It, I'm telling you, it's at least 100 yards. It's a football field at least long. Well, I don't know how many yards that is, but is it a football field or ain't it? All right, then. Don't be trying to change measurements on me. United States, we lagging behind. We should have gone to the metric system. I can't convert yards to feet to inches or whatever. But any, any hoo-ha, I'm telling you what, you go over that, that baby, and there ain't a guardrail. I mean, there ain't an old country fence, barbed wire, nothing. And if you come down that mountain with uh, uh, David Sharpless, I'm like, you, they got that Jesus rail on the back of the truck, you know, and they call it the Jesus rail because you're going Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because, like, you know, they'll fly down through there. There ain't a guardrail on that mountain. And, you know, guardrails are there for that purpose, to direct you, to protect you. And, you know, there's, there's things when we use guardrails, we have to look at this. There's a safety zone and there's a danger zone. On one side of it, there's a danger zone. On one side is a safety zone. In the safety zone, everything's good. This is the place where our vehicle stays. And yes, there are guidelines. Guidelines are different from guardrails. Guardrails are stationary and they don't move. Guidelines are like, well, you know, it might be okay in this instant. And, you know, if I'm driving down the road and, uh, and there's in the center line, it goes from double solid line to one side's double and my side becomes a dashed or dotted line, that guideline becomes a little lax. And it's like, okay, you can pass over into the other lane. Guardrail's different. A guardrail, if, if you've seen it in the, uh, in, in, if you've gone down a median or something, they'll have those cement ones. Or if you're going down uh, a place and you've seen where the car has gone up on it or, or knocked into it, there have been a few times that I've seen where they've gone through it, but that thing is made to not move. And it might have some damage to your car or vehicle or whatever, but thank God you hit that because if you had gone over, it would have been 
a whole lot worse. And so there's a danger zone and there's a safety zone. Over in the danger zone is where there's death and destruction and, and all kinds of catastrophe that could happen. And over here on this side is where if we just stay in this area, we'll be okay. I want you to look at this scripture real quick. This is one that we're, we're not going to go to in the, in the Bible yet, but we're going to just put the Bible on the screen. And so Paul is talking to Timothy at the church of Ephesus. Super, super, super. Before you look at it too good. let me. Ephesus is a, uh, is a cesspool. It is a, it, it, it's one of the most sinful places on the planet. And Timothy is trying to do ministry there. It, it's not... We have a hard time doing ministry in the Bible Belt, which is where we live, but it's because of lethargy. It's because the church is apathetic. That's, that's what we struggle with here. But there are people that are doing ministry in places of the world that they ain't dealing with not only apathy, but outright rebellion. They're dealing with people, that, like I know people that are like, man, y'all over there trying to figure out what songs we're trying to sing, and we're trying to figure out which, which, which doctors are attacking us this week that are casting spells on us. Like, you know, so where he's ministering in Ephesus is that kind of uh, uh, chaotic um, environment where it's very rebellious, anti-God environment. Not, not any God, but the one true God. I mean, they're having uh, incredible worship services. It's just at the temple where they're having orgies in the altar. They're having incredible worship services, but it's to the wrong God. It's to, you know, it's to Satan. It's Baal worship. It's that kind of thing that's going on. And so in that context, this is what he's writing to his young pastor that he's stationed there. Paul says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like the fools, but like those who are wise. Now listen, stop. The scripture says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So don't live like the people who say there is no God. Well, you're talking about the atheist, right? Hmm. Are we? Are we talking about the pagans? Because I'm just telling you, I know some Christians that live like pagans. I know some Christians who are living like there is no God. I know some Christians who have forsaken God and 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 you know and and it's like when when we when we use the word GD, we think that that is using the Lord's name in vain. My friend, that do you think that words offend God? Like words don't offend God. Words are cultural. You can't say toot toot in other countries. You know, don't mess with my toot toot. You know, like you can't say there are certain little words you can't say in other countries because, uh, you know, I'm stuffed. Man, I had a big old meal. You can't say that in Australia. It has a whoa, don't say that. You can't go to certain areas of the country and you got to even be careful how you preach because there are certain words that you'll you'll use and it offends people. And you're like, are you serious? That's just a common everyday word. Not to them. 
Words don't offend God. What offends God are the actions of our heart. And I'm going to tell you what. Uh, the word GD, we get all offended at, and we should because it's a cultural thing. But the real using God's name in vain is to wear the name of Christ and not live that out. And there are people using God's name in vain all the time. And so he's saying, hey, hey, Timothy, do not be like those people who say they are of God, who say they're Christians, but their hearts are far from me. They, they have said in their heart that there's no God. They have said in their heart, like, y'all know I'm telling you the truth. We are a dying breed. What's in this room? We are a dying breed. The church of God in America, the church of the living God in America is on the decline. We don't like to talk about that. Well, when are we going to talk about the serious things of God? Now, you know, there is always going to remain a remnant, a faithful few. There's always going to have that because that's the prophetic word that he's always spoken to us. But man, I'm telling you what, it's hard to get people into a church and to get committed. Oh, if you, if you promise them this, that, and the other, and you cater to needs, you can get people there. But I'm telling you what, some of the people that have some of the biggest churches that I know that they're my friends, and some of them are not my personal friends, but I am at least acquainted with them. And if you heard those pastors' hearts, how they talk about their church, and not, not in a negative way, in a their heart is broken kind of way. He's like, man, we're busting at the seams. This is all pre-COVID, of course. The, man, we're busting at the seams, but it's like it is, our people are, are, are thimble deep. They are not disciples of Christ. And the, the, the Lord never said in his word, he never said in his word, well, let's just get a bunch of people saved. He said, this is my command to you. As I'm leaving this planet, as I'm leaving it in charge, I'm leaving you guys in charge. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go get as many people saved. I want you to get as many people saved. I want you to grow big old gatherings and big churches. Don't really worry about how they live. Just get them there. Get as much money of theirs as you can. Get, you know, just spend it on frivolous things. Don't worry about missions and the homeless and all that kind of stuff. Don't worry about that stuff. Just get and, and get it charged. And man, get you some music that sounds as, as incredible as you would hear on any uh, Grammys, Academy Awards. I don't even know which one of those awards are for music. But you got the point. Get you, get, just get you that kind of stuff and get people in and, and you know, uh, preach. Don't, don't go deep. Don't go deep. And uh, y'all, and, and I want y'all to quench the Spirit. Do not let Holy Spirit do what He wants to at all because that will freak people out. Because what I am looking for is I'm looking for the church, y'all know who's still talking, right? Not me. Who's talking? Jesus. Who's he talking to? The disciples that he's leaving. The earth, the planet, the church in charge of. I don't want y'all to challenge people. I don't want y'all to hurt their feelings. I don't ever want you to hold them accountable. 
As a matter of fact, I want you to, I, I want you to water the gospel down. Do not allow the Holy Spirit to move. And, and what I want y'all to do is I just want y'all to fill the people up. Fill the place up with people. And I don't want y'all to weird people out. So anytime the Holy Spirit gets to moving, stop that. Quench it. Man, I've seen people in my, when I was getting raised up in ministry. I saw people quench it. Why? Because pastor had a message that he had to preach. And they, maybe they didn't, their motives weren't evil or prideful or anything, but that's just the way that they thought it was supposed to be done. And they're like, well, I got to look like I'm in control because everybody knows I'm the leader. And I got to look like I'm in control because if I ever lose control, dude, I lose control every week. I turned around to Quentin and I said, you got anything? You know where we're going? And he's like, I think there's a higher place. And I'm like, well, let's go, you know. The thing is, is that, guys, just honestly, if you're trying to follow me or anybody else, I ain't being arrogant, but I'm one of the smartest people in this church. I am. I ain't being arrogant. I'm educated. If I had to put on a show for y'all, I can do that. But God sees right through that mess. I know I don't always use perfect in, uh, perfected English and all that stuff but I know when I don't but this is who I am but the point I'm trying to make is like when we get up man it's all about God it is not about man and it's like it doesn't matter what it looks like and I know sometimes like I've told people I don't know our church is not pretty for TV our church isn't pretty for internet and y'all watching like y'all whoo, go y'all because I don't know that I could do it you know I'm serious but it's not made and polished for that. It's not made for polished for that. But you know what? Uh, if, if the Lord ever wants us to have a program, we'll have a program. But that'll have to be something different than this. So going back to what Jesus was telling his people, that, he wasn't telling them any of that. What he said is, I want you to make disciples. I don't want you to just get a bunch of people that are knee deep, give them a little most motivational Pep in the step, shot in the arm, good, I'm good to next week. And, you know, I'll be back here to get my, you know, uh, spiritual COVID vaccination, you know. Like, no, that's not. God said, I want, Jesus said, I want you to go and make disciples. Well, disciples are followers. That means that there are guardrails, guide, uh, uh, guides and guardrails that God puts up for us to follow and it's like, we, we, we don't try to get into this stuff and try to, you know, get, you know, just try to do whatever we want to and, and whatever. No, we know there are guardrails there to direct us, to protect us. And he says, don't live like the fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And he says, make sure I'm clicked on uh, Pro Presenter back there, okay? Because um, it's not working and you need to go to the next slide. So, um, 
So don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life instead. Everybody say instead. Instead. In other words, there's a choice there, but this choice here is the one that godly people are supposed to be making. He's saying don't be drunk. Why do we, should we not be drunk? Well, because you take off your clothes and you act naked and you dance on the tabletops. Well, no, that's only my Uncle Bonnie that did that. You know, I come from a line of alcoholics, so I mean I've seen some weird stuff with drunk folks. No, because you lose control of your faculties. And one of the gifts, or sorry, fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Like if you ever are at a place where you are not in control of you, you have crossed over. It, you, you've, you've, you've gone on to the other side of this thing. You've crossed over. And now you're not. In, it's a danger zone not to be in control of yourself. But he says, but what I want you to do, he says, be filled. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a built-in warning device. Now, my car does not have any of those warning devices, but I've been in a few people's cars where, you know, they're, they're over here and they start going off the road and, or over into another lane. Their, their car starts, you know, beep, 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 you know, making sounds. It's an onboard guarding device that their car, a warning system that it's telling them that they're, they're going out of their lane. And if y'all ever ride in the car anywhere with me, there are some smart parts, uh, people at the DOT, Department of Transportation, that at the DOT, they put stuff on the road for people, and, and it's those little reflectors there. And over on this side, it sounds like, you know, the pizza that you ate, you know, isn't sitting well with you because you get over here and you go, you know. And it's like, it's like, stay in your lane, baby. Get off the side of the road. That's what Shay's always uh, saying to me. And those things are there as warning devices that, hey, you are about to leave the safe zone. And when you have Holy Spirit in your life, you have an onboard warning system. That things will start going off in your spirit and God will begin to, re, re, uh, to reveal some stuff to you about people that you're around. Like, hey, I don't think this person is in your best interest. And that's the Holy Spirit that your onboard warning device is going off. And that's why he says, be filled with the Spirit. Because the Spirit brings conviction. Not condemnation, conviction. Conviction is that thing in your heart when it begins to say, hey, something is not right here. Let me finish, try to finish up the message for you. All right, so Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 16, 17, and 18. Genesis chapter 2. All right. This is where God has made man. And verse 15 says that the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend over and watch it. Verse 16 says, but. Anytime you see but, it means, uh-oh, hang on, let me pay attention. Because just what was said, there's fixing to come something really important right after it. And he said, God put him there, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you will surely die. If you eat this fruit, you're going to get a tummy ache. You're going to get to trots. <laughs> All y'all Yankees don't know what the trots is, but we do down in here. No, you're going to die. It's serious news, guys. And Jesus, uh, or sorry, uh, I guess I could say Jesus because they're all one. But God says you can eat of all the trees in the garden but stay away from these because when you eat of this, you will surely die. We know the other one that the enemy revealed its purpose and said if you eat from that one, you're going to live forever. Thank God they didn't eat from that one. Because God would have been bound by his laws. And they would have eaten. Known sin. They had already sinned. And if they had eaten from that one. They would have been damned for eternity. And all of us along with them. And there would have been no hope in Christ. Because. They would have damned themselves forever. Because they would have lived forever in that state. But thank God, there was a hill that Jesus died on. That he took care of all of that and replaced it. But let's rewind and go back to the garden. Because he says, you can eat from every one, but don't eat there. Guess what that was? That's guardrail number one. That's this one right here. Guardrail number one. Because what happens is God, he gives us two guardrails. And one of them is right here. Guardrail number one is the scripture and what Holy Spirit says to you. The verse of scripture I just read from Ephesians a while ago said, Be filled with the Spirit. Holy Spirit is one of our guardrails. He's one of our guardrails. The scripture, God's voice. Well, Pastor, there wasn't no Bible back in those days. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And nothing was made that was not made in Him, through Him, with Him, everything. everything. So we just got it uh, a few, you know, millennia later, but, but we, you know, but then it was just God's voice. But God's voice, people are like, Pastor, the Lord don't speak to me. I just ain't, ain't, I can't get into that prophetic zone that y'all get into and y'all just start having dreams, visions, and God speaks. Listen, I'm telling you what, if you just get into this, this is prophetic. This is prophetic. This is God's holy word. Just go to this. This is the starting place. And so he says, I want you to not eat from any of those uh, fruits uh, or trees, but you can eat of the fruit of, of, of everything else. And then look at verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is right for him. Now before I got a little bit of Bible maturity under me, I'm like, well, I, did God make a mistake? Because he said, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. So, man, you know, he sees man, man's all lonely and, you know, um, and other things because he doesn't have a woman. You know, what is, what is it? What is it? God made all these, this mistake. No, it was never, God never intended man to be alone, ever. So he's just stating the truth of his intentions. He's like, listen, 
It's not good for man to be alone. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make a helper for him. So here comes guardrail number two. This is people. It's, a, it's the spouse. It's your friends. It's people that will hold you account, uh, accountable. Guardrail number two. So it gives you a guardrail on each side. And so what happens in here? And jump down to chapter 3. The very first verse, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. And one day, the woman, uh, he asked the woman, Did God really say that you can't eat from any of these trees in the garden? Now look, there are some people in your life that are very shrewd. They're wise, but they're serpents. The scripture says wise as serpents. Like... Their, their, their wisdom is to only harm. But it looks like it's to, good, uh, to do good. Because when the, when the enemy appears on the scene here, he does not appear uh, diabolical. He appears almost as an ally. He's like, hey, I'm just here to help. Like, look at all these trees, man, you got. But those two, like, did he really say that you couldn't eat from any of these trees? And she corrects him. So she reiterates what God said, and she's like, no, that's not true. Verse 2 says, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. So she correctly reiterates what God has said to them. She correctly points out the guidelines. She's like, yes, there's God's voice. He told us what to do. And then, you know, I'm here to help. Adam, and Adam's here to help me. Where's old Adam at? You know, what's he doing off? Naming some sheep or something? Like, he's over there, I think I need this one. That's what you're real, and this is your Renasserisis. You know, what, what is Adam doing? The Bible says he was, he was with her. Now, I don't know if he was with her in that moment, because, you know, there could be a lot of time between this, uh, these next few verses that we don't see on the page. So I don't know if he was with her in the moment that the enemy was actually doing this, and he was just letting her, because I'm just telling you, like, hey, I know sometimes I might come off as a chauvinist or whatever, male chauvinist, but I'm like, there's some men, like, y'all should not let y'all's wives do all that yakety yak blab 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 and all of that same goes for husbands shay and i we had to because i'm you know i'm i'm strong-willed and shay's strong-willed when you get two strong-willed people up in a house jesus and then you get get them up in front of their friends and there were times where i had to get shay and she had to get me it's gone both ways and she's like you really embarrass me in front of our friends like please don't talk to me that way anymore and then there were times that I would get in the car and I would say woman (laughs) no this is what it really looked like honey (laughs) what your conversation made me feel like was and there's probably a better way you could have said I'm just suggesting I'm just making, I'm just trying to suggest something. No, there really were times where I'm like, Shay, I promise you, if you ever talk to me like that, again, in front of people, you better get ready. 
because as strong as you come at me, I'm coming at you and our friends. And unfortunately, <laughs> we did, didn't we? At least I know we did in front of Sheila and Barry and you. There were times where it's like, I hate we put y'all through that, but you know, we was growing up. We was, y'all helped us. But we learned through that. I had to learn that God put Shay in my life as a helper. And she learned that I, she, God put me in her life as a helper. And sometimes when you're helping each other, it doesn't look fun and pleasant and it looks kind of crazy. Um, come. Um, so the two guardrails that are here. And the enemy comes along and he's shrewd and he's, he, he appears wise. And, but there are people in your life, they are not necessarily there for your good. Listen, you better hope you have Holy Ghost operating in your life. Because when Barry White comes on. Oh, baby. You know I love you. You know, Barry White's got that just deep, smooth, sexy voice. But when, when you know, that's when you need Holy Spirit. I'm telling you what, I was, a, I was a redneck, ungodly boy that my parents started going to church and I started getting saved and all of that. And I set my eyes on her. I was 17 years old and I'm like, God, I want her. Now, I don't know if she wanted me or not, but I wanted her. I started praying for that. God will give you the desires of your heart. Even, even like, and I knew she was the one for me. But I was going to make her the one the way I knew to make her one. And I'm like, come on, girl. <laughs> Look at all this. I mean, all this was something else back then, you know. It's got, it's, it's got about 30 years of age on it plus. But, I, you know, and I was operating under different. Heck, I didn't even have guardrails. And I started, I started, I started, you know, Shay had some guardrails. I was like, come on, baby, let's, let's, let me come on the side, you know. I'm over here in the danger zone, but I'm wanting to come over here in her safe zone. I'm like, I'm actually trying to pull her into my danger zone. She's like, boy, you better not touch me there. Boy, mm -mm. you ain't getting none of this. I'm like, oh, baby. How can it be wrong when it feels so right? See, my parents didn't raise me with those guardrails. They didn't raise me with those guardrails. They, met, they raised her with guardrails. Thank you, God, for a holy girl that kept her, I mean, she kept her guardrails up. I'd be trying to tear them things down every date. But she had her guardrails and here's the time, like, you know, so guardrails. What are guardrails? What, are, what, what do those look like? Well, just a guardrail is something that you, they're not like the painted lines in the center. They're, they're, not, they're not negotiable at times. Guardrails are parameters that they don't move. That this is how I live my life. And she made a guardrail. I didn't, I didn't have the guardrail. It didn't exist for me. Like that, that rail didn't. As a matter of fact, if I went across the line in my world that I grew up in, it made you a man. 
Come on, man, that's what men do. But she had a guardrail, and she said no, and she meant it. And I'm so thankful that she was more mature than me in that area of my life. And it taught me things like, why? Because she was my helper, that God brought her into my life. And so my wife began, now it might have been the other way, if I had been saved and she had not. But it wasn't. It was the other way around for me. And she began to teach me things. And I began to change mindsets according to the word and her helping me. And then some things that I learned was like, oh, so, so we don't need them just for this. We need them for this. And some of them we didn't learn in the first two or five or seven years of our marriage. Some we're still learning now. And we're still putting guardrails in our lives. But can I tell you the time for you to come up with a guardrail is not in the middle of the chaos. Young ladies, the time, y'all have heard me say it before, the time for you to determine what you're going to let him do and how far you're going to go and if you're going to sleep with this one is not when the right song's on the radio, he's breathing on your neck, and all, no, that ought to be decided way over here. The time for you to decide whether or not you're going to file for bankruptcy is not when all of the creditors are closing in on you. It's way before that. When you decide, I will not live above my means. I will not spend more than I take in. I will not buy it if I don't need it. I am never going to get myself to a place there are twice in mine and Shay's life. We've never declared bankruptcy. We've never had to do foreclosure. And I feel for people that have had to do that. But we were at the brink of it. And what had happened is we crashed through this guardrail. We crashed through it. Well, no, no, no. Let me, let me back up. Back my illustration up. There wasn't even a guardrail. And we went off, and we're caught in a ditch. Thank God there were some people that were able to help us get out of the ditch. Have y'all ever see, driven by a place where it's like, good Lord, man, that was a bad accident there. There was never a guardrail there. You pass by the next week or the next month, and they done put a guardrail up because somebody realized we don't want that to happen again. Well, what happened to Shay and myself is when that happened in our world, I literally remember saying to Shay, this will never happen to us again because it's dangerous. It's scary. It makes you think of doing stupid, crazy stuff. Baby, this is never going to happen to us again. Are we on the same page? It's a beautiful thing when you get on the same page and y'all's guardrails are in the same place. So I want to wrap it up, guys, and I just want to tell you this is the way that you can apply the word. Identify your area of struggle. I don't know what your struggles are. It could be mental. It could be physical. It could be substantive, like a substance abuse. It could be a person. 
in your world, identify your areas of struggle that you are struggling with. Meaning, it's almost like you own it, like it's part of your identity. Remember, guys, what we, how we talked about that struggle? The Lord wants you to be free of that. But in, in, in the place of being free, there's some things you got to do. you got to create a guardrail to protect yourself in that area of your life. And I, right now, am creating guardrails for my life. Right now, I'm doing it. At 53, it been in ministry for 30 years. And I'm like, you know, well, I had a rope up. I'm telling you what, dude. Car traveling at 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, even 20 miles an hour, or any, five miles an hour, a, a chain link ain't going to keep it from crossing over. You need a guardrail. What is your area of struggle that you right now, it's like you almost have gotten used to living with it. What's an area? And then what's the guardrail that you're going to create that'll keep you from going into that danger zone? And what you're going to need to do with that guardrail that you come up with, if you really want to get, because there'll come a point when you get tired of living that way. I've been there many times in my life. I was there at the men's retreat. It was a beautiful time of redemption and freedom and all of that for me. And I'm like, I'm tired of putting up a chain link fence. I'm tired of putting up a rope. I'm like, there needs to be a guardrail. And right now in my world, I'm, I'm building that guardrail with men and they're building them with me. And, you know, and there comes a, so who did he give us? He gave us his word. So there are some things that are just, we absolutely know what God's word says. And then over here, who does he give us? People. You might not have a spouse, but people. A spouse is a people. He's given us people. Two are better than one. Three is better than two. The scripture tells us that. And he puts those people in our life so that they can be our champions and that they can help us in those times. And I'm so grateful that I have a group of men that are my guardrails. I'm so thankful that I have a wife who's my guardrail. I'm so thankful that I have a knowledge of the word that is my guardrail. So hopefully you'll take what the Lord has said today and you'll, you'll do something with it.